0: Okay, so Shavavim is coming to a little bit of an end, but we're going to continue this week. We're going to continue going a little bit longer, because why not? You know, it's an opportunity that we have, and the Olam want to hear. And the Olam are here to hear what we are talking about, so I think it is important for us to mention as much as we can. I will start with an email. I'd like to start with an email that I received um, from a Khashaviyyid, of whom obviously I do not know and do not recognize. That's irrelevant. Um, And it goes like this. I'd like to thank you for your wonderful show, Vim Shurim. Thank you for making me feel that I'm normal. Bor Hashem, I do try to work on myself where possible. I had various social accounts and was unfortunately following and looking at things that I shouldn't be. I went and deleted those accounts permanently. So I just want to say, Rabbi Shai, you guys have a big <laughs> scuss. Yeah, should you get, should you get a big clap. That's <laughs> a, a, a Rabbi <laughs> That means that there are people... That, that, including yourselves, you guys have a big course, That we're here, learning about something important. But I cannot do it unless we have the oilam, um, calm. Otherwise, otherwise, this is not going to work. Okay, we both Let's let's go. Okay, okay. So, talking about the eye, let's continue. Somebody took a trip to a blind center, a center where. We should never know. People are blind. It's a very sad uh, mitsiyas. But, you know, it happens to people, unfortunately, and they give them certain help and skills. They teach them how to read braille, and whatever it may be. So somebody wanted to go get some chazak, he goes to a blind center. And uh, and he was there at the time, whatever it was. And the manager gets up of the blind center, and he says there are three ta- categories, there are three categories of people that are in this blind center. There are people, that are blind from birth. That means they were never Zorcha to see in their lives. It's a terrible, terrible thing. They were never ever Zorcha to open their eyes and able to see the Rabboni this beautiful world. These people are in this center. The second type of people that we have in this center are people that were born uh, with eyesight, but they were also born with some kind of medical condition. And this medical condition eventually caused their eyesight to fail, and they lost their eyesight, Rahman, and they can no longer see. So I guess they had the schoss for a certain amount of years, depending on the people, to be able to see, and now they can no longer see. So I guess they still know what colors are and shapes and all sorts of things, but they don't have that schoss anymore. And then he said there's a third type. The third type of people, he said, are the type of people that are absolutely able to see, they're fully able to see, but we know that they're no longer going to be able to see within a month to a few years. They're going to lose their eyesight soon, and that's why they're in this center. They're in the center specifically, so that they can learn how to use braille, they can learn the various things that they need to learn, so that if and when it happens that their eyesight fails, they will already know what to do. So those are the three types of people in the center. So this Yid, who went to visit... This blind center was there, and he heard the speech from the manager, <clears throat> and he says, wow, can you imagine that there are children, mainly children I happen to be, who are about to lose their eyesight. in in could be a few minutes, could be a few hours, could be a few days, a few months, a few years, but it's irrelevant, because they are going to lose their ability to see. Amazing, I want to see these children. Take me to where they are. <coughs> Excuse me. So, manager takes him. So the area specifically made for kids that can see and are teaching them the skills to be able to learn what to do when they don't see. Okay. And, um, one of the boys got up and he started to speak in front of this visitor and he started to say, you know, if a person has a gun to their head, there's only a matter of amount of time that they're going to pull the trigger and it's all going to be over. And he said, we feel like that as well. We feel. That our life is going to come to an end when eventually we're not able to see. And therefore we're here to be able to try and maximize what we can do after we leave this world. The man left there, he was crying. He couldn't believe it. He just couldn't believe it. He left there and he, he just said he couldn't even speak. He wasn't able to say anything to these kids. His mouth was just choking up with tears. Here you've got people that have the eyesight and they know it's going to be gone. And they realized that they have to prepare. And he came out and he was a yid. And he came out and he said, "Do you realize we have eyesight? We have the most precious things that the Rabban gave us. And amongst them is our two eyes that Baruch Hashem are able to see. They're able to look at so many beautiful things that the Rabban created in the world. And he created the world for us to be able to see those things. When we take those very eyes that the Rabbeinu gave us to be used in the most beautiful way, in the correct way, in a way for our Voidah Hashem. And as we know, everything in this world, everything in this world was created for us to become closer to the Rabbeinu Shalom. If we take the very eyes that the Rabbeinu gave us, and we use them for that which it should not be used, you know what that means? We're taking the most precious gift and we are spoiling it. We are ruining it. We're breaking it. When when you give somebody a gift and they take the gift and they use it in the wrong way, how likely is it that you'll give him another gift? Very unlikely. You may have to, depending on the connection that you have with that person, but you're not going to be happy about giving him the gift because you know that he just ruins gifts. right? When you have a young child you're very careful what you give that child. Of course you feed the child and give them whatever you can give them. But in the sense of things that they can ruin, you have to be careful. I don't want to give certain things that the kid will ruin. Because I don't want to ruin stuff. The Rebbe gave us the most beautiful things in the world and that's our eyes. If we use them in the right way, we are utilizing the gift that we got from Hashem. Hashem just wants to keep us giving and giving and giving. And if not, then we all know what that means. Now, people, by the way, when they hear these shrooms, sometimes they're like, okay, uh, okay, say now. But the mice I've looked already. I've done it and not, didn't, I didn't just look once. I've looked many times and many, many different situations and scenes and all sorts of things. What do you want me to do now? It's there. We spoke about it, right? The Heidegger sofa Soifa that tells us that those eyes that greet us as we leave the world are the eyes of everything that we've created in this world from all the terrible things that we've looked at. But what are we meant to do? So one thing we've spoken about is chuva. The other thing we've spoken about is to celebrate. spoke about this last week. Celebrate the small successes in life. It's an amazing thing. But there is something else as well. And people think that they can't turn back. And they have to realize that there's always hope. There's always hope. There was a scientific study that was conducted. Um, actually, October 2015. Uh, in a book called Level Up. They conducted a scientific uh, 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 study about um, the the neuron pathway of the brain, and they came out that it takes approximately ninety days to change the neuron pathway of the brain. That means, in English, that if a person refrains from any addictive behavior for ninety days, he would then find it much easier to stop the addictive thought patterns. That means I'm not talking about breaking from an addiction. I'm talking about what goes on in your head when a person is somewhat addicted to something. And over here, obviously, we're referring to pornography and everything similar to that. That if a person will refrain for 90 days, it was shown clearly in a study that his brain will not crave it as much. And I have spoken to people who have stopped themselves and have sent me emails or I've met them in different places in the world. And they told me this and I told you this as well. I met this guy in Lakewood outside a restaurant and he says to me, you know, I wanted to know that I listened to your, you know, power of the eye series and it was Gehenna in the beginning, but it's so much easier now. And it's so true and it's hope for all of us because it means that yes, in the beginning when we want to refrain and we have to be careful and choose what we look at, it is going to be hard. That decision has to come from all the knowledge we've spoken about previously. But know one thing that it does get easier. If you know that it gets easier and it takes time, and I'm not saying it's easy in the beginning, it could be hell mamash. It's Gehenem. And I've heard this from people. It's so hard. is just to stop. It's difficult. But okay, as long as you know that there's an end of the road, that's what it is. And therefore, if a person comes up in his mind, very different types of dirty images and different things that he once saw or once looked at or whatever it may be, it could have been a long time ago. I remember a mashkiach in yeshiva once telling us that um, years back, he went to a hotel and there was a television there and he wanted to see the news, headlines, whatever. It was before smartphones. So like, how do you know the news? There was television. So he looked it up and he said, he put it on for a few seconds, the images that came up then, he said, and he was approximately 60 years old when I'm hearing this from him, he said he still hasn't forgotten. Still hasn't forgotten. Meaning they're in the brain. But they're not going to come up unless you bring them up. Which means if you want to stop, you have the ability to do that and it gets easier. Does that mean everything's erased? Chuva erases everything. And we have to do Tshuva. Of course, it's possible for a person to do Tshuva. But we have to realize that this is a very integral part of what it is. That when we stop, we have to realize that it is possible for things to get easier. And it's an important idea for a person to realize. Because we were all created in a way that we would fall right just like that person who wrote in the email thank you for you know letting me know that I'm normal you know sometimes a person ha- is doing something and he thinks to himself I'm crazy I'm dirty I'm disgusting we discussed this in the beginning but the answer is no you're not dirty and you're not disgusting you're a human being with the gates which the rabbinish implanted planted inside you and that's a normal reaction that's a normal situation that you're meant to be in but the Rabbani alaylam sent us into this world specifically to fight with what we need to fight with in order to become who we need to become And there is no question that the sugya of pornography and the sugya of looking at things that we shouldn't look at is one of the greatest battles of our generation without any suffig. It's a Dovah Pashat. It's a Dovah Pashat because it's so easy. So if it's so easy, it means that it's something that we have to fight much, much more. It's not hard like it used to be in the olden days where it was embarrassing and it was difficult and it was a whole mission. Now it's Lamaisa, very, very easy, and no one even knows about it. And you can have people that are mamas on the outside looking like the healthiest, greatest people in the world. And little do you know what's going on on the inside. Somebody sent me an email uh, a while back that he is a Maggid Um a and He gives Shurim, but he's completely involved with the Zinyanim. Now, it may shock many, many people, oh, but at the end of the day, everyone's human. And everyone has a Yetzirah, and everyone has to fight their yetsora and we have to realize that this is the fight of our generation this is something that we can get out of this is something that we can learn to appreciate somebody was getting a uh, surgery and they were getting surgery very interesting where they were conscious but felt no pain right they got what we call a local anesthetic and as they weren't sleeping they were totally oblivious to the pain but they were totally conscious and as the the surgeon was touching various parts The they were asking the person, what do you feel? What do you see? And it's amazing how they were able to remember memories that happened years and years and years back, right? Even though it was completely away from them. We have to realize that, yes, the images will go away from your mind after 90 days of not looking. We spoke about that. But everything we watch has an impression on our brains. And next time, you're faced with an opportunity, with a challenge. Realize that what you're doing now is something that's going to last for a long time. It's not gone as soon as you switch off the screen. It's not gone as soon as you look away. It doesn't work that way. Of course, again, I don't don't want anyone to get the wrong impression. There's a thing called tshuva. And if tshuva is done in the right way, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. If you want to look in the Nesiva Shalom from the Holy Geslana Me'Reba, he talks all about this in the Sugi of Rosh Hashanah when the Gemara tells us when a person does tshuva ma'ava. Abba means the love of Hashem. That when you love Hashem so much, you just don't want to break any of His halachas. You don't want to go against His word. You don't want against His wishes. And a person does shuva with that pure love of the Rabbi Not because he's scared of oilam Abba. Not because he's scared of Gehenim. He loves Hashem so much. When a person loves their parents, they don't want to upset them. They just don't. If you love your parents that much, you don't want to upset them. That doesn't always mean you're going to do the right thing but sometimes it won't push you to do the right thing because you don't want to upset your parents. So the tshuva ma'avah means I'm doing chuva to the because I love Hashem. He's so gavaldic. Look what he did for me. Look what the Rebbein I' did for my life, for my family, for everything. I'm able to see. I'm able to breathe. I'm able to touch. I'm able to walk. I'm able to do so many things. That's gavaldic. I love Hashem. And therefore, I'm upset with myself that I did that. Therefore, I'm going to do tshuva. That's tshuva ma'avah. Chuva Ma'avah, the Gemara tells us, tells us that it turns our in, veris into mitzvahs. Can you imagine our turn into mitzvahs? Isn't that unbelievable? The aveira turns into a mitzvah. Why? Because you did chuvah ma'avah. That's something we have to contemplate. That's something we have to realise. It's a hard aveira. It's an aveira that really, really, really is a difficult one to overcome and, and, and get yourself out of. But we have to do it. We can do it. It can be done. People have done it. People have witnessed the fact that they've done it. Now, it takes personal strength. We have to do it, to get up and do it. You have to try. Yeah, and if you fall, you keep going. That's the biggest, we spoke about this also previously, that the H.O.'s greatest trick is to keep you down on the ground and say, ah, you already did it already, so just keep on going. Look again, yeah, do it again, who cares. And just, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to allow that. Never concentrate on what you did. Concentrate on the future. Like Rabbi Nachman says clearly, Hayoyim. Greatest important word in the world. Hayom is today. What happened yesterday? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I'm not going to do but hayyum, today I could be better. Today I could try. Today I'm gonna to do it. That's what it's all about. Realize that you have the kayak to do this. You have the siyat adishmaya. You have the koyach. If the rabbinajum sees that a teenage boy, 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever it is, is working on this most difficult sugyah, he's going to give so much siyat adishmaya. People have seen it in their lives. I've heard it from people. I'm sure some of you maybe have even witnessed it and experienced it yourself. That when you try, the Rabboi gives you the most amazing siyatah d'shmaya. Recognize that we can all do it. Recognize that we can bounce back. Next week will be the last week when we're going to discuss this sugyah. And hopefully we'll end off with something that will give us a chazak for a long time to come.